Whoa. Where'd this come from? <laughs> uh, let me get in place. <laughs> like my old man. Every time. There you go. You got there. Yeah. You got there. Is this how all people get into their podcast positions like I do? No. Is that just me getting old? I think we're just not good at this. this is, just speak for yourself. I speak on behalf of all extra. <laughs> all right, let's go. All right. Ready? Welcome to on, continued. Let me try. That's all right. That was a good welcome, wasn't it? That was great welcome, but I laughed as soon as I clapped. Yeah. It was going to be bad. Let me take a breath. Let's not talk about anything divisive today. Nothing divisive. Let's start with aliens. Aliens. <laughs> what you want to know? I don't, I don't want to know anything, to be honest. <laughs> it's not that you don't believe something. It's that you I don't, don't want to know. Don't I don't want to know. It. Don't tell me about it. I don't need that. I got plenty going on. You know, we <laughs> saw a video pop up my feed. I had to go and, you know, check to see if it was fake news or real news. Or okay, whatever. yeah. And it was this picture of a UFO, like a, sorry, a flying saucer. <laughs> and it was over a cargo ship, like taking up cargo, like big shipping containers. And I thought, haha, this is funny. And it says, Russian new aircraft launching in 2024. Uh, you okay? Drew just got distracted. No, I'm listening. No, Back I, I watched sentence. your eyes, dude. It went. No, no, I'm here. Blink twice if you're being held hostage. <laughs> so, and they do. They have like this flying saucer style aircraft. They made an alien spacecraft to pick up cargo. Or they reverse weaponized. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So you think that they just got spaceship technology? Yeah. Who knows? What's harder? I'll tell you who knows. You know, as I'll tell you who knows who, the Lord. Yeah, um, <laughs> you didn't even care. You were just ready for your next appointed yeah. statement. No, I just I don't even know. Is reverse engineering harder than regular engineering? That sounds like more steps than regular engineering. But these are the questions we need to be asking. The people saying, "Oh, we're reverse engineering." Do they even know what's involved in reverse engineering? That sounds complicated. Well, I, I know you don't for sure at this point. I would like to be very clear. Could be it. I have no degrees. Mm. None? None. Not, <laughs> not a one. We have a new sponsor this week, actually. It's resumefinder.com. Okay. So, <laughs> looking for a new host for a podcast. The only minimal requirement is a degree. A degree. Any degree. Uh, it could be a second degree black belt for all I care. I shouldn't be talking about evolution or aliens is what I'm trying to say. Ever wonder why your picture was small? <laughs> your hair looks yeah. better today. It does look better today. So, just the other day, we tried to film. There was some business going on over there. By business, he means construction work. And by over there, I'm pointing to my right because that's where the door is for those of you listening and not right. watching. This is true. We have to be more cautious. Yeah, that. we do. We're going to talk about that on our six-week review. Okay. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Continued Conversations, the only podcast for all sentient life. 
both human and extraterrestrial. I'm your host, Drew Mercer, joined alongside Pastor Ben Nelson, and we hope, no matter what planet you're viewing this from, <laughs> that this is life-giving and theonoustos for all involved. Uh, coming off the uh, heels of your message on James 4 about handling conflict, lots of good questions this week, lots of really good ones. We... Uh, are not doing rapid fire this week. No rapid fire. No rapid fire. Nothing against rapid fire. Well, it was a great week. It was it was a lot was for a lot. sure. It was a good week. I had a couple people come up to me. They say it was a lot. I had to listen to it a couple times, right. which is fine because inflates our numbers. Viewership, right? Oh man. But yeah, we're not doing that this week. Maybe again. Yeah, yeah maybe again. Maybe another time. Also, we did. I do want to bring note to. We had a great question come in about heaven, about what mm. is heaven like, what happens to those who die before Jesus' death and resurrection? Um, uh, what is heaven like currently? What will it be like? Really good question. Not going to fit into today's topic, really, or theme, but we're saving all those for a bonus episode, just depending on how often we get those. Those yeah. might come faster than normal, um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's going to be, that is written down. Whoever wrote that one in, it is. It's written down, yeah. It is. So if you have any nice. general questions, keep asking them. We are yep. saving them. They're in number a special in the notes. description. Yeah, uh, there's an, this, the so. phone number in the description. So, yep. All right, hop in. Let's go. Here we go. Question one: How do we become vulnerable and open with others, where people can confess their struggles and find support in their journey with God? That's a great question. Um, so, uh, you've stated it in the question, right? The question really was, how do I open up to people? Mm -hmm. And they stated, how do I become vulnerable? And that really is the first step. Mm -hmm. There's a willingness to be vulnerable. Um, there are these uh, ants, these white ants um, in South Africa and a few other places in the world, um, very similar to termites here. And these white ants are interesting, though, because they'll go to, we'll go to a dirt hill and we'll begin to build a building, and they'll go from the bottom of the pillars showing no sign of damage on the outside and they'll eat out the inside of these pillars until they're completely hollow and like the inspector will go by and like structurally it'll look fine and they'll take their finger and they always know to check for it and they'll push and their finger like just goes straight to the board right and i think about this a lot when <laughs> they make you laugh that was good that was good that was good i don't know just a good thought <laughs> good keep going thought. uh but i think about this a lot in our lives right like there's so much internally happening but externally we try to look put together and becoming vulnerable is actually revealing. I have something inside of me that we need to inspect soon. And that could be through accountability. That could be through just openness. It could be just like, I think one of the biggest struggles of why we are having a mental health crisis in the world currently is a lack of a willingness to become mm. vulnerable yeah. with others, right? Yeah. We, don't, we think we have to sit alone with our thoughts and without being open to others. So number one, become vulnerable. And I'm going to tell you the best way to do that. It's simple but not easy. <laughs> um, we have to become less prideful. Mm. That's it. Like pride is, I don't want someone coming into my home. It's dirty. I know you don't think that's pride, but that's pride. Um, sure, clean up for guests. Sure, be a good. But like 
you're so worried about what people think that you don't even let them into mm. your life, right? right? Um, same with everything, like pastors who meet together drive me nuts because all I want to do is talk about how good their church is. When the truth is, some pastors <laughs> need to hear about the hard parts of church so they don't, one, don't feel alone. Number two, can help resolve issues. You can't fix something you can't see, right? And so, mm. um, so yeah, putting pride aside, become vulnerable. Um, and then I would say last of how to do it is make time for people. We're just too busy for people. And so at Collectivist Church, we do what's called missional communities, and there's always a predictable pattern. That means most of them meet once a week in an organized yeah. function, and that is time put aside, written in the calendar, to do life with other people. Now, was that the fullness of the question? What was the full question asked one more time? That was, yeah, that was the full question. How do we become vulnerable and open with others where people can confess their struggles and find mm. support? Yeah, so let me go to that really quick. Okay. Confession, we talked about a lack of confession will often lead to a stunt in our, our repentance. And that is because even if we ask God for forgiveness, but leave our sins in our heart covered, then there is a better or greater chance for repetitive action because it was never exposed, right? Um, and so a lot of our sins are being exposed and we don't want them to be exposed. Like people are getting caught being unfaithful yeah. or whatever. Right. But this brought to light and then it can be handled. Well, we need to volunteer some of that. Mm. Not necessarily, I'm not talking about going on Facebook and airing your dirty laundry, right. but you need people in your life. You can say, man, I struggled this week with this. Why do we need to do that? Well, God's already forgiven you, but you need to bring light to it. So now there can hopefully be accountability around it. There can be, you knowing it's been brought up there it's not something you're hiding anymore and it will result not only in a band-aid over our wounds but a debris of the issues and of the things that are causing infection and a true healing that can happen i think confession is very important forgiveness comes from god and i think confessing our sins to god and leaning on others to help us through the process of overcoming them is of all of, of some of the greatest importance and one yeah. of the things we've neglected really with the Reformation and a few other things. Mm. Yeah, good. Question two. This is a good one. You spoke about the significance of prayer in navigating conflicts and seeking God's guidance. Can you share practical examples of prayers? Uh, Jesus can. <laughs> Better than me. Um, I love this question because I think it's the right question. We talked about this the other day at lunch. Um, it's the right question. The wrong question is, how do I get these results? How do I get to this place in mm. life? How do I climb this ladder? How does my marriage get better? How does Those are the wrong questions. When you realize that most of these answers come down to how do I pray? Mm. Um, Jesus' disciples saw him perform miracles, saw him preach to thousands, saw him do unbelievable things. And the question they asked Jesus is, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray? Because they watched Jesus go off to a quiet place and pray. They watched Jesus go to the garden. They watched Jesus spend time in prayer as the Son of God, even in flesh, which is just another whole mind-boggling thing that mm. we would get into in another episode. Um, and they knew the result of what he was doing was about his connection as God with God, with a heavenly being who is over all things and not just in things, but also in things. And so I think the results of our life are often the results of our prayer life. So um, practically, Jesus said, the disciple says, how, will you teach us how to pray? 
And he gave them a formula. Um, he says, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, how thou, how would it be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses. We forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the glory, and the power forever. Amen. Did I miss yeah. part of it? That was good. Okay, I think I got most of it. He gives us what we call the Lord's Prayer. It's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the Disciples' Prayer. It's a model for you and I. Mm. So we go before the Lord, and we can break this down in another talk, But and we use that as a format. We don't say it verbatim. We do quote it as a church to come together in prayer, but we say, you know, our Father who's in heaven, like we realize how big he is. How would it be, how would, whatever that word is. Hallowed. Hallowed. There you go. Be that. I thought you said you had no degrees. And there you I are. I have no degrees. How? Hallowed be I name. did. Holy is your I name. I did go to Sunday school. Yes. <laughs> Holy be your name. Reverence is how we come before you. Your kingdom come, so your will be done. God, whatever you want to do, do it on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We, f- we follow you every day, so whatever you give us each day, you know. Mm. And so it goes on and on and shows us a model for prayer. So I would look to, long answer short, look at the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Good. All right. Question three. Trace. Trace. I was going to try and do another language. Don't got one. Uh-huh. You said when God rules our hearts, we no longer see his commands as burdens, but rather as pathways to blessings. How do we get to this perspective and find joy in following God's guidance? That question really makes it sound like Sunday's message was super prosperity. <laughs> it does. Right. It really does. <laughs> but if you were here. It was not. It was not. Um, it is. I mean, that is an end result, right? If you love me, you'll do what I command, Scripture says. And many of us, probably you and myself, and have always grown up thinking that we, we need to prove to God that we love him by doing what he asks. And scholars, theologians, people that are exegesis than I have all come to the understanding that it's not about proving to God, it's realizing when we love God that we act in response. And that's what James is all about anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? James teaches that, right? Faith without works is dead, things like that. And so what it's saying is, like, if you love me, then the things I demand and command of you are no longer some burdensome weight that you have to do in an attempt to gain my love, but instead you're going to see it as a, as a, as a pathway. You're going to see it as, um, as, as just markers on the trail towards what you desire, which is the things of God, the kingdom of God, his will over your lives. Blessings, yes, not bigger houses and faster cars, but blessings as in a purpose in this life that God has called you to as sons and daughters. So the commands of God quit being burdens from God when we fall in love with God. Instead, they become a pathway to the blessings and the things of God. My favorite joke, straight for a joke? I'm I'm always ready for a joke. There was a there was a priest, there was a rabbi, um, and there was just a good old southern pastor, right? Yeah. And they're in this boat, and the priest looks out and realizes they left the cooler out on the edge of the water. It was those ice cold cokes? Don't get any weird thoughts. It was a cooler full of cokes, bro. Shout out to our sponsor. Coke? I didn't say that. Anyways, um, <laughs> do you start the joke over? Or no, no, no. no. Or so this cooler's out. This, okay. this, this cooler's over there, and the priest looks out and he's like, "Man, we should have brought the cooler with us. I'm thirsty." So he hops out of the boat and he walks across the water, and he gets a coke and he walks back. And the rabbi and the pastor's there, and the pastor's a little bit like, "What just happened?" Rabbi looks unfazed by it. They fish for a little bit longer. 
Rabbi's like, I'm thirsty. Gets out, walks out the water, walks across the water, gets a drink, comes back. So now that rabbi, that priest, they've got their nice cold drinks. Uh, and the p- pastor's like, I can't look like the guy who can't walk right, in the water, right. right? So he's like, I'm going to give me a drink too. And gets out of the boat and he drowns and he dies. And, and the priest and the rabbi look at each other and said, I guess we should have told him where the stones were. <laughs> such, such a bad joke. So bad. But I would say the commands of God are that, right? They are these stepping stones mm. in the impossible to see the things of God um, like never before. Brought it back around. That was good. That was really good. Go. All right. This is the last question. Question four from James 4, episode four of Sunday, or uh, Continued Conversations. Mm, mm, feels good. That was good. Almost, until I messed it up in the middle. Mm-hmm. But anyway. You mentioned that God sees, loves, and has got us. How do you know this is true? You're excited about this question. Yeah, this is my favorite question we've ever gotten. I got can't it. wait to hear what you say. And that's a lot of questions because we had a rapid fire week. We had 10 questions. Yeah. After. I, d- I don't think my answer is going to be as good as you like. Um, but I like this question too. Um, so to give a little context, Sunday we were talking about um, being led, your heart being led by the things of this world or the things of God or the things of flesh or the things of faith, right? Or the earthly or the eternal. We kind of use these synonyms back and forth to show that either we're being misled by the things of this world or we're being guided by a heavenly father who then, again, his commands become a pathway to blessings. Blessings not necessarily being fast cars and bigger houses, but the things of purpose and of great um, a, a value that God offers his sons and daughters um, and desires for us to walk in. And I wanted to make sure people understood before anything else, as we got into the message, that God saw them, that he has got them, and that he loves them. And these three questions didn't come from a biblical view at first. I was reading some medical journals and some scientific studies about what it takes for people to thrive in relationships and three things that you have to feel. You have to feel seen, you have to feel um, uh, protected, and you have to feel loved. And I thought this was interesting because I quickly looked at my own life and realized those are three things God promises his people. He says he will never leave you or forsake you. He sees you and he's got you. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have life everlasting. That's God's love for us. And, yeah. and so how, how do I prove this is the question. And I have lots of ways I want to go. Like as a biblical scholar of sorts, I want to biblically prove it to you. But you might not believe in the Bible, so you can argue the Bible with me if you do not find the Bible to be authoritative in your life, right? I could theologically prove it to you. I can look at the history of the Christian faith and even go back into Judaism and show how within this faith sect, this God that we believe in, how he sees you, he has got you, and he loves you. But again, you could argue my theological views. So my approach, and I don't have to, we don't have time on a podcast to do it, would be to tell you my story. And I was actually just having a lunch conversation about this today. Someone who was talking about having conversations said, tell your story, because people can't argue your story. Mm-hmm. And my story is like many people's stories, where I once was lost and God found me, where I felt unseen and he showed me he never left me nor forsook me. And then I was at the end of my rope and God's love pulled me out and revealed life eternal with me, like a God who 
sees you so much that even in your sin sent his only son to come to this earth, humble himself as God in flesh, to take on every trial that we face in order to live a perfect life, die a sinner's death, and through his resurrection offer you his righteousness. Like that's the God who loves you, who's got you, and the God who sees you. And so um, if you don't know these things and you need a testimony of that, I would say probably you could go to any Christian or someone who God has, they have, their lives have been turned around by God and ask them their story. If you don't know where, where to go, you can. Show up to Collective You can fly in. We'll take some yeah. fly-ins. Yeah. Fly in and walk in the door. And anyone you ask that day how they know those things, they'll be able to tell you their story. And it will hopefully not just convince you, but reveal to you that this can be true for you yeah. as well. Yeah. Awesome. Good podcast. Yeah. Great podcast. If you live outside the United States, right. you're going to have a hard time making it to our Sunday gatherings right. because we're in the United States. Yes, we are. Um, currently. Go yeah, ahead. currently. And uh, that threw me off. It what was have. I saying? It was a joke. Um, you, if would you're you outside like to finish? Of, if you, yeah, if you're outside the United States and you want to hear the messages that we're answering questions about, you can go to our other podcast, which is just called Sunday Service, and it is... Um, just the raw audio from our Sunday messages, either from myself or other teachers. Um, and this week was James chapter four. So like we just answered a question where we said, you know, uh, how God's commands can move from burdens to a pathway to blessing. And out of the context of that sermon, you might be like, man, what do they preach at this church? Right. You know what I mean? And uh, so if you want for the full context, you want to hear the full messages, you can go there now. James four is currently up. It's already up. And we're about to round out with James five this week in the new series.